Welcome to the Cloud Accounting Podcast. I'm Blake Oliver. I'm David Leary. I'm Kathy Gregory. I'm Sabrina Parsons. Sabrina and Kathy, where are you guys from? So we are from Palo Alto Software, makers of LivePlan and also Outpost. But I think for today, it's really makers of LivePlan because we're here to kind of talk to you guys about all kinds of things related to LivePlan and advisory. There's and the word advisory. We're in the summer of advisory. We were talking about this last night. Yes, yes. Oh, and before we get into that, though, thank you so much for sponsoring and making this whole event possible for us. Oh, absolutely. We, we yeah. love Cloud Accounting Podcast. <laughs> thank you. Uh, so yeah, let's let's dive right into it. Let's do it. Advisory. It's everywhere. Um, We actually had an interview earlier today um, where they're starting to, people are getting scared by the word advisory, right? Because it's like, do advisory or die, right? (laughs) And so let's start, like, what does it mean to you two? To me, you can't advise a small business or client, you can't advise your client unless you're doing strategic planning. So for me, right away, you better be doing some planning and, and, broad level strategic planning should be included and then the follow-up to the planning but it can't be just I mean I've heard people talk about advising on IT solutions and advising obviously on tax I completely understand that and I think all of that can be included but you're not going to help a a small business get to where they want to be either grow or or retain where they are or even scale back sometimes a business is uh, trying to slow down and um, a person's trying to retire out or they're trying to just take it down and end it. it whatever it is, whatever the plan is, but you're not going to be able to do that unless there's strategic planning involved. There's no plan. There's no map. What are you advising? Right. Well, exactly. And I think that's, I, I know people get scared about it. And I think, you know, the summer of advisory and they're hearing all these things and there's a lot going on right now. But I think the reason they get scared is because it is so undefined and people define it in so many different ways and it feels overwhelming. But at the end of the day, really what you're doing, right, what we all say by advisory and we all mean helping small businesses. And so that's what I like to kind of reframe and help people understand that it doesn't have to be this big, scary word that means 500 things. Really what you're doing is helping a small business client. And how do you help a small business client without understanding their strategic roadmap and where are they going and really interpreting their financials for them? Because if they need IT help, maybe they'll come to you, but they're already there with you because you know numbers, right? If you're an accountant, that's why a small business client is with you. And I think sometimes I see that disconnect. We're like, sure, you can learn IT, you can advise on IT, but your strength as an accountant is your the way you know numbers and embrace them. And, and one thing I see, uh, and I'm guilty of this, is people will when I was in practice, they'd come to me and they'd want a service. They'd say, I need bookkeeping. And then I would just jump in and start doing that for them. Or maybe they would need some controller-type services. But I, it was always best if I stopped for a moment and I asked why. And, and not just why do you need my services, which I got better at asking that, you know, from a sales perspective. That's really important. Uh, but also just like, why are you in business? Right? Yes. We fail to stop and think about that. And, and that. and it could be, like you said, for strategic planning, Kathy, um, you know, maybe they want to sell the business. Right? They want to retire. Or, I don't know, maybe it's just like um, they want to quit their day job or like... Everybody has a different reason, right? Financial independence. I think in the accounting industry, uh, in the public accounting industry, uh, for so long, because of compliance-based services, uh, a public accountant can literally sit back and wait for the client to come to them because they need whatever 
compliance-based service they need. Um, But if you're going to work at a higher level with a client and help them grow their business or help them achieve their goals, you have to lean forward and you have to ask those questions that are different and new and uh, and broad, more broad, and then know how to apply that information. So if the client tells you, you know, I'm trying to really just make enough money to send my kid to college, or I'm trying to purchase a new piece of capital equipment for my company or whatever it is, all of those are business goals. And you have to be able to translate those into whatever financial plan that will help them achieve that. It's just, it's a different type of work. Yeah. How do we get comfortable with that as accountants? You know, I think the first place is to also realize, and Blake, I don't know how much, you know, whether you'll agree with me or not, but I feel like if you ask those questions to a small business, why do you need the bookkeeping? I feel like we hear a lot from small businesses. We work directly with them. We started and still to this day, um, more than 80% of our revenue is direct from small businesses and we interact with millions of small businesses. When they have the money to hire a bookkeeper, they don't understand what bookkeeping means. What they think to themselves is, whew, I finally made it. I have enough money for somebody else to do the financials. Right. They don't They don't understand that bookkeeping is literally compliance and you're not, you're not, helping them analyze what's going on. You're just recording what happened. And so I think that's part of the disconnect. And when accountants are afraid of advisory because they don't know how to sell it. And the biggest message I want them to hear is you don't have to sell it. You just have to do it because that's why a small business owner is coming to you. And and I think it's a huge disconnect. And be able to know uh, what the right price is for your firm and your ecosystem for that too. Make sure you charge for it. But yeah, just do it yeah, because a lot of, they expect that. A lot of times we give it away, right? We yes. charge we charge for a tax return, but we're doing a ton of advisory that's way more valuable yep. to the to the owner. And the owners will pay for it if they because they'll understand the value. If they understand it. Yeah, and I think that seems to be the next step for the accounting industry as a whole is to decide you know what it is and then be comfortable with systematizing it because I think it's okay. I hear two things said a lot at conferences and at places and um, that advisory is an, is knowledge work. I hear that a lot. It's knowledge work and it is 100%. But you you can still systematize knowledge work. You can still do that. You can set up for yourself a process and a system and then once you have that then it's defined and then you know what you're doing and you can train your staff on it and everybody knows what their piece of it is and then uh, you can price it easier and you can market it easier and you know what that is so I, I think it's they need to embrace both the fact that it's knowledge work but that you can also make it a system yeah i think this summer uh couple things i've observed is like uh kenji uh kenji's last name for kuramoto me. kuramoto mm-hmm. who was actually at the accounting salon he was uh if you go back a couple of episodes listeners you can listen to his interview but it was interesting because he started 100 virtual cfo advising only, he's worked his way backwards into bookkeeping because mm. he realized he can't do any advising if the oh, yeah. books aren't accurate. You gotta have that. And so with what's interesting, you guys have an app, Live Plan, and that connects to the accounting systems, but then also helps do the advising, right? There was a slide last week on Twitter, it was at the AICPA, and somebody was, it was like, stop doing bookkeeping, you do advising, oh, but boy. like, Oh yeah. How is that possible? Because no, like, you, how do you do advising if you don't have good numbers? Like, no, no, you gotta have good numbers and a very clean month end or at least having it happen quickly. And if you can control that, so, you know, Kenji 
working his way to bookkeeping and understanding that, then your advising is going to be better, right? Because garbage in is garbage out. And if you've got terrible charts of accounts and someone isn't doing the bookkeeping correctly, it's going to be really, really difficult. But, you know, there's an opportunity there, whether you want to do all the bookkeeping or not. This is also where I think people have to not be afraid of what technology is bringing to the table. You know, I know a lot of people are afraid of all kinds of online services now, including Intuit, that are offering bookkeeping, right? And I really want an accountant to look at that and say, okay, is that work that I want to do, that work that's commoditized, that I can no longer charge as much for because it's so easy for people to go online and find services and package services at ridiculous rates. So if it's well done and you can then do the advisory, the value is not in the bookkeeping, right? And and at some point, it's even going to be, I mean, technology automation IA is going to continue to work on the bookkeeping side and continue to make that a an automized and automated artificial intelligence process. And that's fine. Let that happen and use that and then build your advisory services. Wouldn't you rather do super interesting work, help a business grow or sell or add a partner or add a location, really be that entrepreneurial catalyst for your small business that's so much more invigorating you can bring passion to that. And don't be afraid of all the online services because there's only going to be more and more and more of them. And that's okay. And you get to keep playing with numbers, too. It's not like you don't get to keep playing with numbers. You just do them in a different way. You analyze them in a different way. You, um, Knowing that each uh, metric that comes off of your standard P&L balance sheet and cash flow ties back to something going on in the operation that's working either well or not well. That's a super fun job. I I nerd out over that all day. I think it's so fun to dig into those metrics and try to figure out what's happening in a small business operation that's working or not working and then asking the right questions of, of the business owner. There's nothing more fun than that. And there's nothing more fun than seeing their eyes light up when you hit on something, like you've uncovered something that they go, yeah, that, yes, that's not working right and I don't understand it, but I didn't get the numbers to be able to to know it. You know what I mean? It's like these two brains coming together. It's so fun. Like something you said, Sabrina, and I think this is the problem. People hear some of the sentences, but maybe not the whole conversation. You said bookkeeping is not the value. Mm. But I think people hear that and like bookkeeping is not valuable, but you can't do the valuable stuff, the, the valuable stuff without solid bookkeeping. Like it's, you're not, nobody's saying bookkeeping is not valuable. Well, it's, it's not what uh, creates the value in the mind of the business owner. Correct. It's essential yes, yes. to do the work, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. And I think, and that's exactly right. Like, like you should repeat that again. <laughs> it is <laughs> not what creates value in the mind of the business owner. <laughs> exactly. And, and you also can't fight, uh, I believe, you shouldn't fight that technology battle. You should embrace it, right? I mean, I don't mean that bookkeepers aren't smart, that they aren't doing valuable work, that what they do today is somehow lesser. I just mean this is the reality. This is what's happening, and they can't stop that, right? I mean, it's the same way where, you know, if you're a taxi driver, at this point, you've probably stopped fighting rideshare, right? Ten years ago, it didn't exist. Five years ago, taxi drivers fought it. At this point, they've given up fighting it, and they've either, you know, 
joined or moved on to well, do well, something else. We've talked else. about that on the podcast in the past. There were some articles because we brought this up. Is there's taxi drivers and taxi associations and taxi people that are doing very creative additional services. It's forced them to mm-hmm. step up their game. Well, Yellow Cab, I think, created their own app now. Yep. So, like, they're, they're being forced to improve. Mm-hmm. I think, and, and the same thing's happening in our industry uh, with these, you know, software plus a service type of offerings, you know, the, the bot keepers, the scale factors, the QuickBooks uh, Lives. QuickBooks Lives. <laughs> like, that's forcing us all to up our game. But it's also creating a bigger market for these services that, you know, that now people are aware, hey, this is not just a niche thing. You know, I can get this. The other part that I think, you know, to Kathy's point of this can be exciting work is that we've lived in an environment in the U.S. where small businesses understand they need bookkeeping, right? As soon as they can afford it, they want somebody else to do it. They've understood that they can't run a business without bookkeeping software. That's why you've got all these big players and lots of players in this market, right? They they embrace that. They know that. But they're still failing, right? If you start a business in five years, 70% chance that you're out of business, right? And 60% of the ones that fail were actually profitable. They ran out of cash, right? So they're not managing their business. And this has been for years and years and years. And so what I think is a super exciting opportunity is that if all of these services online and all of this technology really pushes bookkeepers and accountants to innovate and to be really thoughtful about what they bring to the table and bring real value with their experience, their knowledge, their human mind that technology can't do, we actually have a chance in the U.S. of changing the economy. Small businesses drive the economy and a rising tide lifts all boats, right? And and I know I sound like I'm dispensing Kool-Aid, but I find it to be super intriguing to look at those numbers and think about, could we really affect the economy by getting accountants to do this sort of advisory work, right? It is good for small businesses. Intuit does strategic planning. Zero does strategic planning. All public companies do, right? When we know and we see all those reports from Wall Street, you know, did Google make their numbers? How's Microsoft doing? How's Intuit doing? What they're talking about is their forecast. And what they're doing is saying, here's the forecast, here's the actual, did they make their numbers? And startups do strategic plans, right? And small businesses are kind of told this myth that business planning is for startups only and for raising capital, which is a total myth because even large private companies, they do planning and they have a board and the board has to approve the plans, and they look at it every month. And so it's almost this myth that small businesses have been told and then accept because strategic planning is hard that they don't need it, yet everybody else that's successful and bigger does it. Even without the board, even, I mean, I spent years in a fairly large engineering firm, and we did it just for middle uh, operational management, pulling data out of the accounting system uh, because the accounting department wasn't doing that and massaging it in a way that made sense, building forecasts, so that operations managers could make decisions, could make strategic decisions. This episode of the Cloud Accounting Podcast is sponsored by LivePlan. This has been the summer of advisory. Everyone at every conference in every session is telling you to become an advisor. But the fact is, a 50-minute CPE session at a conference does not make you an advisor. Some of you even took to Twitter to vent about this fact. 
Well, I have some good news for you. Believe it or not, Twitter led to the creation of a three-day course, or should I say a boot camp on advisory. Yes, that is right. You can now really become an advisor by attending the Live Plan Client Advisory Services Bootcamp on October 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, 2019. The three-day event in Eugene, Oregon will include deep learning and hands-on workshops to learn the life plan method for strategic advising and how to market, sell, and deliver this vital client advisory service to your small business clients. To learn more about attending the Live Plan Advisory Bootcamp, head over to cloudaccountingpodcast.promo slash lpbootcamp. That is cloudaccountingpodcast.promo forward slash lpbootcamp. I suspect small businesses do want to make plans, and they, but they get caught up running their business. And that's where partnering with somebody right. who could actually come in and just, like, in a way, uh, it's advising just being holding them accountable a little bit is just going to help them. And also, if the accountant does the advisory, right? Because the small business owner is doing a million things. And really, it's like Kenji being a CFO for hire. That's what they need. They just, they can't take on that role. They don't have that knowledge. They don't have the expertise. They need that value from somebody else. And they will welcome it. And once you do it correctly, they'll be addicted. They're not going to drop you. Your retention with that client is going to be as long as they have their business. And if you're charging them, you know, $2,000 a month, you're not getting a CFO for $24,000 a year. Like that is not happening. You can't get that sort of strategic level of experience for that sort of money. So if an accountant can do that, there is room for thousands of dollars a month that are still completely doable for a small business and the value is there. So... I'm an accountant. I'm ready to make this leap. I want to get started in advisory, but I don't know where to get started. Right? That's that's the classic problem. I, I want to do it. So, you just go to a conference. There's lots of sessions. Well, <laughs> no. I, so, how does how does Live Plan create that um, that starting point for me? Like, what's the is it like? How does it how does it work? So, from soup to nuts, if you do it all. You would start with a, a broad conversation with your client to understand their big goals and begin doing real strategic planning with them that would include everything from um, looking at their market and looking at, at how they're selling and who they're selling to and why they're selling it um, and having a fairly deep discussion with them about that and then translating those things into a forecast. But there are simpler ways to start um, if that is work that is new to you. In our software, you can dive so, into those. Yes, I'm sorry. No, it's, I'm sorry. So I'm just trying to picture it in my mind. Um, so I'm, I'm creating a strategic plan. It's like it's just like a, like a business plan. Am I thinking the same? Yeah, we call it a lean plan. Lean plan. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I will just interject because before Kathy describes it, because you asked how Live Plan helps, and I think the number one thing to kind of David's joke of just go to conferences because they have all these sessions, right? Is that I think part of the problem for accountants is they they all get talked at about why. And they don't need that, right? They they are they bought it. They know yeah. why. This is the classic problem of conferences. It's all high level. Yeah. Exactly. You need to do this. And then you go home and you wonder, like, well, how do I do it? Exactly. Right. Exactly. So this is what we've learned over the years. Our tool is a tool for small business owners. It is a platform and a system for accountants. And it's two different things. And what we've really understood that what accountants needed is not to be convinced. They're convinced. 
they buy it, they nod their heads, and then they go home and they don't know what to do. And so what Kathy's really built, and then I'll let her describe it, is the how. And in, in a way that makes sense to someone who's been doing tax and compliance work. It is a system and a process with tasks that you can learn how to do. So we've really gotten into the weeds to show accountants and Yeah, we like checklists. So, yes, yeah, so yes. This is- it is a checklist. Yeah, my background is in a lot of things, but business process design is one big piece of it. So it was realizing, it was coming to these conferences when I first came to Palo Alto Software and realizing, oh, this industry doesn't have a business process for this. And that really is what's needed. And then once there is a master kind of business process, then firms can adopt that in whatever way makes sense, depending on the things they focus on or the skills they have. If they focus on only bookkeeping, there's pieces of it you can do if you're um, sort of CFOs for hire, then it's different. But you have to have kind of the master plan first and then be able to pick apart pieces of it you like. Got it. And deal with capacity planning and resource allocation and all of the things that you have to think about when you roll out a new service. So super high level, just overview for those who are not familiar at all with LivePlan. And, and, you know, I, 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 um, I think I, I use LivePlan actually myself as a business owner. Great. I don't know if you know that. When I started my firm, I created my business plan, that one page yeah. pitch to get an investor with LivePlan. Perfect. So th- That's awesome. Now, uh, of course, I was bad and I didn't follow through with the forecasting and the budget to actuals and any of That's that. That's because he was a bookkeeper and he was too busy. <laughs> I was too busy. <laughs> so uh, that I'm familiar with. So I could create that business plan and try to you know, get investment yeah. or just like really distill in my mind what it is I'm doing. Right, which is is actually just a great exercise. Can you explain your business in like? Isn't it great in one sentence? And how it limits you to those characters yes. because it seems like a nothing thing, but it's important because you strip out all the words that yeah. don't matter and you get down to the words that matter. It really is powerful. So that part I did, and then if I had actually continued, I would then create a financial forecast. Yeah. So like, I want to hire employees. I want to expand. Like, and I'm, so it's building out a, a forecast. Yeah, and then really thinking through the things to forecast. Mm-hmm. That's that's a critical piece of it in the. Software helps you think through that. You know, you're the if you already have maybe a chart of accounts with a ledger, you've got right. codes already. But the the things you want to forecast should be strategic to your business, and they should roll out of that lean plan. Got it. And then once I've created that, I can pull in the the lot the actuals yeah. from my accounting software. Uh, and, and what what GLs do you uh, support? Zero, obviously, because you're here at ZeroCon. You're also doing and QuickBooks Online. And QuickBooks Online. So I, I pull in those those numbers. And we are also going back to we used to support QuickBooks Desktop. The Sync Manager went away. Um, we were hesitant to build our own Sync Manager, waiting to see what Intuit was going to do. Yeah. Um, but it's clear that QuickBooks Desktop at this point still has a lot of usage and isn't going away. And so we are launching our beta for accountants next week. So if anyone is curious and they want to be part of the QuickBooks Desktop beta, um, they can contact us Um if they just come to liveplan.com slash strategic advisors, they can find the information. But we are back to supporting QuickBooks Desktop. All right. Well, the, the folks who are signing up for Right Networks for their Always On feature, which claims to make QuickBooks Desktop just as good as QuickBooks Online, right. now they've got LivePlan integrating with it, too. And we are actually using Right Networks. Um, they're, uh, they Audify. just purchased Audify. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what we're talking about. Yep. yep. So, yeah, so the, Audify the, is who's actually doing our So you don't have to be logged in as a user to for the sync to work, all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I mean, we had to talk about this more, David. I, you know, I'm, I'm actually more bullish on, on hosting than you, you might think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Well, that's great. Okay, so now I'm, it's kind of making sense in my mind. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you connect the accounting solution, and then uh, Live Plans Dashboard is going to present you with the, the metrics, the, mm -hmm. uh, each individual metric. It was built, remember, for small businesses. So that's the cool thing about it for accountants, that they don't have to now reconstruct and build reports that make sense to small businesses because they're already built. They're already okay, done. Got it. And then it shows me very clearly the difference between plan and actual. And I mean, really simply, like with green arrows up mean good and red arrows down mean bad. And it's again, it's cool for the accountant because it's a talking point. Have you ever been in an advisory meeting or in a meeting with your client maybe at month end and you've got the talking points, you know what you're going to tell them, but you kind of your brain just breaks down in the middle of the meeting and you kind of forget the points. This is nice because it, it helps guide you through. Yeah, It's that agenda for it, that meeting. It is, yeah. And then yeah. Our, our business process that's outside of live plan comes with meeting agendas and scripting and all the other things that help you, uh, that support you. Yeah, so initially if you're afraid or you don't know, I mean the scripting is great, right? We kind of prompt you with, here's some questions you should be asking. When people actually start doing this, then they build their own questions, they get more comfortable, they they understand their style and the style of the client, but it goes back to that whole idea of like, okay, everybody gets the why, how, how? And mm -hmm. we've realized that getting down to even providing you with scripts really helps people get over that hurdle and that fear because the other part that I think is really um, vital and I would say is a competitive differentiator for LiPlan versus other reporting analytics apps is that we didn't build this first and only for accountants who then put stuff together and present it to clients. And that's fine and other people have chosen to do that, but we built it so that the small business owner works with the accountant, so that the small business owner is also using the dashboard, and so that the reports make sense to the small business owner because what we heard from accountants is they stop using a lot of these other tools because they send stuff to their client and the client never responds doesn't look at it month after month after month, and they don't because it's too complicated because it wasn't built for them. And it's interesting because you guys have a 25, 30 years experience servicing small businesses, and you attacked it from that direction. And it reminds me of uh, Intuit. This years ago in my career, Intuit with TurboTax, they at one time hired like somebody from People, an editor from People Magazine, to basically go in and change all the text in TurboTax because. It was easier to use then because it was written with all this accounting language, and nobody could understand it. And it's kind of the same thing if 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 people are coming from the accounting dashboard side trying to push down the other direction, you're probably not going to communicate to the small business owners. And you guys already had that DNA in you and then came the other direction. Exactly. And we actually started working with the accountants because they came to us. We got to a point of critical mass of having LiPlan out there in the marketplace that the small business owners were taking LiPlan to the accountants. And so we started hearing from accountants saying, what is this? Do you have trainings? How do I use it? My small business clients have it, and now I have to learn how to use it. So we really were pulled by the accountants to come into this market because of our DNA with small business owners and the fact that the small businesses were already using it, which I think was appealing to accountants. They don't have to position or sell or market this other tool or these other reports. Can you speak to, and it's not really advisory related, but I, I think it's a cool story because everybody's in this transition still constantly, desktop to cloud. We just talked about desktop a couple seconds ago. But you, the history of LivePlan and Palo Alto Software, because it was a desktop company and now you've changed it into a SaaS cloud company, you've made the transition yourself. Yes, we have. Um, so I took over the business in 2007 and we were basically a Windows 
desktop company. Um, our flagship product was Business Business Plan Pro. A lot of people had used it, millions of entrepreneurs. Um, but the writing was on the wall, and we understood as a software development firm what the cloud had to offer in terms of usability, in terms of development, getting away from that you know golden master and installations and the support side, and also the ability to iterate more quickly and really bring customers what they want consistently and not once a year with this big release. Um, and so we started at that point planning. And I think what, you know, what is interesting to me is for people to understand that the way Live Plan was born was really saying, yes, we've got to go in the cloud, but also recognizing that Business Plan Pro wasn't doing the ongoing management that small businesses needed. We were using Business Plan Pro. Every year, we'd create our strategic plan, and every month, we would compare plan versus actual versus previous period versus previous year, because those data points tell you a lot, right? I mean, if you're a retail store and you're looking in January, you look at previous period December and the numbers are not going to look, you're going to look like, oh, my God, I'm doing so much less. But that's obvious, right? Seasonality. So you want previous period, but you also want same period last year because that tells you even more. And that was the way we managed Palo Alto software every month. But it entailed exporting from Business Plan Poro, exporting from Accounting Solution, massaging data. Because you were so, using your own product, you realized all the things it sucked at. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and the ongoing small business management. And so we built LivePlan and the methodology that's behind that process and system that Kathy has built for accountants is what we use to build LivePlan. There is a management methodology to LivePlan. And when you take a company and you switch it from Windows development software to cloud, you have to have whole different developers, right? So there's a lot of resources there, and there's a real big push on cash, right? So all of a sudden, you need to hire all these other people for a product that's not bringing you revenue yet. So we change technologies. That's hard. It can be very difficult for a company. We also change business models, right? We had a piece of software that we were selling and was more transactional. You bought it, and yes, we got some upgrades, but you bought it, and you didn't keep paying us, right? So you bought it and on average we were making $160 from every user because we had a couple of versions, 99, 199, different things that you could buy. Um, but we were getting all the money at once. And so not only did we have to switch from a resource perspective and hire all these new developers, but we also all of a sudden were in a situation where we were going to be getting $20 a month and we didn't know, were we only going to get 20? Were we going to get 300? Were we going to get 160? Were we going to get more people, but less money? And, you know, that's kind of a scary thing and a huge cash flow implication because all of a sudden we're getting 20 bucks and it's taking us, you know, over a year to get to that average transaction that we already had. And the only way we were able to do that is using the live plan method. That's exactly <laughs> how we used it, right? We forecasted, we understood our cash, and what we did is that we saw our one runway and we slowly introduced live plan while still selling business plan pro so that we were able to really strategically, but there's no way we could have done it you, you without did cross, managing. You did a crossfade. <laughs> we did. <laughs> um, and, you know, 
yes, it is. Obviously, I'm proud of it because I love Live Plan, but I, I also want people to know it's how we manage the business, and we mm-hmm. are privately owned, no debt, cash flow positive, and we've never taken on investment and we continue to grow. And so we've done that and we're able to do that because we eat our own dog food, because we do strategic planning, because we don't spend money we don't have. So that's interesting. That's kind of a rarity. You are profitable, cash flow positive, and not interested in taking on investment money. Are you, no. are you planning to stay private and just like? Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, you never know what happens in the future, but it works for us, and we don't need it. And we've built up cash that we can reinvest. We've built up enough cash that we've launched a whole nother product. Uh, we've been able to invest in that product. We have a team of twenty people, and that product is just barely launched. And we've done that all with using our own revenue and profit from our existing product line, but it takes a lot of super careful planning. That's very refreshing. It's yeah. very hard for companies to get off the desktop model to a cloud model. Um, we actually did an interview last week with um, Shafat from BQE. Sim- similar story. Similar story. Instead of how you uh, crossfaded it to, to take like, He turn, did a hard cutoff. He just stopped. The second it was done, <laughs> it was launched. You couldn't buy his desktop product anymore, and he went for it. And so... Yeah, maybe he didn't use life life plan. He just jumped right in. (laughs) And, you know, maybe he had a credit line or he had some investors. Like, you have to have some cash to do that, You got to have a lot of cash to to take that kind of risk, yeah. I think it was private. But see, there were were an existing desktop app that had an established base for a long time. So if people want to find out more about LivePlan and connect with you and your company online, where can they do that? If you're an accountant, the best way is uh, you can email us at accountants at liveplan.com. That's Mm -hmm. the first way. Our website is liveplan.com. And then in the kind of the upper right hand corner, it'll say solutions and there's a drop down and you can pick accounts and then I'll get you to the site that has all the resources, there are tons of resources on our site. And are you two on uh, the social medias? You know, do you like oh, the yeah, I'm Twitter? On the social medias. I, it, my Twitter handle, I'm supposed to know that, right? I think it's KM Gregory one. I believe that's what it is. Yeah, okay. that's what it is. I have fun on Twitter all the time with accountants, but I can't recall. Yeah, it's like knowing. One. Yeah, it's like knowing my like own, your own phone, phone number. number. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But, but I do. Kathy <laughs> also helps manage our Live Plan Strategic Advisor Twitter, and that's at Live Plan SA. Yeah, at Live Plan SA, and there's a blog um, that I think is fun and good right. uh, on the site. Mm-hmm. Great. And my Twitter handle is Mommy CEO. I love that. <laughs> and as always, I am at Blake T Oliver. And how about you, David? Um, at David Leary. Uh, I think this is interesting because, like, I don't think we've had anybody on our podcast that has spoken to a president before. I, uh, in in my spare time, I do a lot of advocating for working moms and working families, and I have been lucky enough to be invited to two summits during the Obama presidencies and, yes, was able to um, have some really cool experiences because of that and speak at a White House summit wow. and and bring two of my three boys to come. The, the, one of them was, has been too young um, to also be able to experience that. But, you know, being a CEO, woman, working mom in a tech technology software company. There's not yeah. a whole lot of us. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, 20 years from now, that's different. But I am definitely a big advocate of working parents and working moms and um, try to do a lot of political advocacy to actually make change. Yeah. Wonderful. Thanks, Thanks so much for, for joining on. us. Yeah. yeah. Great Thank to talk you. to you. Thanks awesome. so much. It was really fun. All right, bye.